talk to you this morning about a subject that for me is an ongoing subject. Sometimes we speak about something that, well, do we ever speak about anything we've completely got? I don't know. But this is something that's been a journey for me over maybe kind of nine, ten years of really beginning to understand what it means to be blessed and the power that blessing has in our lives. Um, I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking about how the parents in Jesus' time, when they saw Jesus, what did they do? They brought their children to him, and they brought them to him because they wanted him to speak a blessing over him. They understood that there was something powerful that happened when somebody spoke, and when somebody spoke out a blessing. And I've, I've had the privilege of being around you as a church family now, on and off over the last year. And as I've listened and as I've heard what your heart is, I keep you saying again and again, we want to be people that bring the kingdom of God to this city. We want to be people that transform our culture. And as I was praying and asking God about what, I, what to share with you this morning, I felt really strongly that he wanted to equip you to know what it looks like to transform your city. And he wanted to give you things that you could visibly see to let you know that this is happening. Because sometimes we talk about it and it's this big concept out in the sky. We want to transform the city. We want to transform culture. We want to be a prophetic people. But yet we don't really understand what that looks like. And so it's very difficult for us to say we're becoming something when we don't know what the thing we're becoming looks like. Um, And so for me, I said, well, what is the fruit I would look for in a group of people to know that they have a prophetic culture? Ask yourself that question. What would you look for? How will you know when Hope Church is living in a prophetic culture? How will you know when the kingdom of God is present amongst you? Because you want to see in the city, but it kind of starts in here. You know, we're a microcosm of what it looks like, so that when people outside look in, they see something of the kingdom of God inside of us. Um, One of my favorite stories from my time at Bethel that I heard shared as a testimony was a story of how two people were walking along the roads and they saw some people heading up the hill to church. And they decided that they wanted to follow the happy people to see where they were going and what they were doing. And so the thing they identified was not anything big or spiritual. They didn't see any miracle, but what they saw was happy people. And they thought, I wonder where those happy people are going. I want to go and see. And so one of the fruits is happy people. And if we read in the Bible about what the prophetic is and what a prophetic culture is, it's about edification, it's about exhortation, and it's about comforting people. And all those things lead to happy people. It leads to people being encouraged, and it says that the people of God are being built up. I remember having a conversation with Phil some time ago, and we were talking about the high school, and we were talking about how you could take everything that we were talking about here and transplant that into a school without necessarily opening up the Bible and preaching. And I said, well, one of the things that we can do is we can just encourage people to be thankful, And if you have everyone in your classroom being thankful and noticing what someone is doing and saying thank you, that's going to change the culture of that classroom. Um, And I was kind of thinking about other things that you can do. And the thing that I'm going to talk about this morning is the power of blessing. What happens if we become people who are known because we bless people? We're known because we encourage people. We're known because we have something good to say. So before I go any further... 
I want you to turn to the person next to you and I just want you to tell them something encouraging. Because that's what we're here. This is Sunday morning. The church is here to encourage and build each other up. So share something encouraging with the person next to you. the funny thing is, once I get you started, I could probably just sit down and leave you for the rest of this morning because there are so many good things that you have to say to one another. And I was really encouraged this morning when I walked in through the back door because I met with a few different people. But actually, Rebecca and Fiona both said to me, I'm so excited you're going to be speaking this morning. It's a tiny little thing, but what did that do to me? Whew. It just fills up this real sense of encouragement. And when we say that to one another about anything in our lives, oh, I'm so excited you're going to be doing this, or I love how you do that, or I've watched you, and this was amazing that you did. It changes everything. Think about how you parent your children. It's not rocket science. If you start telling your children what you love about who they are, that becomes the focus of your family and your home. And they begin to believe in who they are and they begin to act out of who they believe. So it's a really important foundation. I'm going to flip to the first slide. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures today, but most of us have grown up in Scotland in here. Not all of us, but most of us. And in the Church of Scotland, this is a verse of scripture that we use a lot. Why do we use it? Because if we go back into the Old Testament in Jewish culture, when Moses was up the mountain being given the Ten Commandments, he was given a lot of other things too. And sometimes we focused on everything else and forgotten some of the other things God gave. And one of the things he said is, your priests need to bless your people. And this is the blessing that you should pray over them. And actually in the Church of Scotland, they sing this blessing. And when you hear this blessing sung, it changes something. And I actually, as I was preparing this, I phoned up one of my friends this week and I said, I've got a birthday present for you. You just need to sit down right now because I'm going to sing. And I just sang this blessing over them and said, how did that make you feel? And I got this incredible response in terms of the encouragement that they got because I sang a blessing over them. We can all do it. And these words are incredible. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's incredible. And it's just words. It is a blessing. But our words are powerful. Can we flip on to the next one? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you're going to remember any scripture from this morning, this would be our, like, our hanger scripture, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Most of us know that death is in the power of the tongue. That's our experience, and that's what sticks in our minds, and that's what we tend to remember and talk about. But I don't think we've even like, discovered this much of what the opposite side of that means and the power of life that is in your mouth and in the words that you speak. Why do I know it's important? Because all the way through scripture, I find little threads of God speaking and saying, bless the people, speak to the people. He also shut Zachariah's mouth. Why? Because he knew that Zachariah's voice was powerful. 
And he knew that if he spoke negatively against the word of God that had been spoken, it would cut down what God was building up in faith. So God understands this, and he understands that life is in the power of the tongue. So you are equipped and armed to do incredible things in the kingdom of God with what you speak. We go to the next scripture. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. (laughs) Think about it. God said, let there be light. And there was light. How many times have we heard a testimony where someone said, let that eye be open. And what happens? Bing, the eye opens. Why does it open? It opens because someone is declaring out of a place of faith, a faith in a good God, and they've realized that their words are powerful. But to get to there, we need to build the strength that we have inside of us, and that's that's what we need to work on. And I, I know what that looks like. I'm not standing here today saying, oh, let's just start speaking. I'm saying, let's go on a journey where we begin to speak truth. Because all through our lives, we hear the opposite of truth. And we have a choice about what we're going to do. We can keep repeating what's not true inside of our minds and insides of our head and also verbally. And that is what we become more aware of. And that is the reality that we build in our lives. And I know that in my own personal journey that I have worked very hard at building disappointments at building doubts, at building discouragement, at building depression in my life. And what I didn't realize was that I had an incredibly powerful thing given to me. I was given a mind and a tongue that enables me to build faith. But I was using all of that to build faith in what wasn't happening and faith in what I couldn't see. And it's incredibly powerful. Look around our city, how many people are discouraged? How many people are disappointed? And if you keep focusing on that, you're going to get more and more tangled up in that cycle. But the great news is that God has given us these things so that we can build life inside of us. And we get to choose every day to do that. And so I'm going to give you some tools that are going to help you to discover this. Okay. Follow the way of love eagerly. Desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you have prophecy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone's interprets, so that the church may be edified. There's a lot of stuff I could take out of here, but I'm just going to pick out a few parts today. And the key part is that we have been given the gift of prophecy. All of us have. All of us have the ability to hear what God is saying. We may not all be a prophet, but we have all been given the gift of prophecy. And essentially, it's for strengthening, it's for encouraging, and it's for comfort. So it's to build us up, it's to call us up, and it's to lift us up. 
So sometimes we need to be given strength. We just need building up. And that's when we speak encouragement into one another's lives. And encouragement often looks like it doesn't feel very prophetic. It doesn't feel very profound because you can see it with your own eyes. But that is exactly what God has called us to do. And I think sometimes I hear people criticizing the prophetic movement because it isn't always saying, in the future, you're going to be doing this. But we forget that part of what God has said is actually prophecy is for encouragement. And so if I walk into a church and everyone is encouraging everyone in it, it's a prophetic church. Does that make sense? And that's who we need to be. We don't need someone out the front of the church making people stand up and giving a word, although there's a place for that. We need everyone in the body of Christ listening to what God is saying and speaking over one another encouragement. And we live in a nation that has done the opposite. Think about your experience. I know for me, I was taught, well, that sounds great, Ali, but let's be realistic. Let's use our common sense. And we pride ourselves in our good common sense. And there's a place for that. But I believe that God has said to us that actually we've to inspire one another. We've to create courage in one another. We've to strengthen one another. And that requires us to speak truth, even when we've not yet seen it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And why is it? It's so the church will be edified. This needs to be an edifying place. You need to come every week excited and expectant because you know you're going to meet the happiest, the most encouraging, the most inspiring group of people that you meet all week. And the great part is that when we become that, you become the most inspiring, encouraging person that everyone else meets all week. And hello, that means that the people who will not lift up a Bible, who will not read scripture, start to read who God is through you. And that's what they need to hear. They need to hear you walking in and saying, oh, you're wearing a great outfit today. You know, I really noticed your smile. What's making you so happy today? You know, just be happy people. It does change a lot. So, okay, let's keep going. Okay, the first thing I wanted to begin with was blessing your spirit. Um, I'm going to put images the whole way through this because part of my journey has been discovering that God speaks in many ways and our words are powerful, but also is our song, our dance, our artwork, any way that you speak, God is going to speak through. And this is actually a painting that I painted for a friend who... Actually, he, he suffered for years from bipolar, like medically diagnosed, was part of his, just who he had become, and he didn't know how to ever be anything else. And he heard a testimony. So he heard the word of God. I'm going to flip to another scripture. Um, I'm not going to read it all out, but there's a little bit where it says, by believing what you heard. So if you want to go look at this in more detail, Galatians 3, 1 to 5 is a great place to do this. But effectively, what we discover in that scripture is that faith comes by hearing. And you can go and do, like, I could speak for a whole morning on faith coming by hearing. But when we hear the the testimony, when we hear a verse of scripture, it inspires faith inside of us. So Drew heard a testimony about a woman who had looked at a painting with the word hope in it, um, and she'd had a brain tumor dribble out of her ear and was completely healed. There there are many stories I could tell you, but it's incredible. And so he was hearing this testimony and after the service went and looked at this painting which had been brought into the sanctuary. And as he looked at it, he began to laugh. 
And he just kept laughing. And I can tell you today, he's still laughing. And he's just never had any of the symptoms of bipolar again. So I painted that painting as a word of this is who you are, Jane. You are a joy carrier and you're a life giver and this is who you are. You will never be anything else. So it was a word into his life about who he is. Okay, David. I love David. I love studying him and learning from him. And many of us know the Psalms well. And we know that all through the Psalms that David is constantly speaking to God. And as he speaks, he often begins in a place of discouragement, but then he begins to remind himself of who he truly is and of the goodness of God. And one of the things that the prophetic gift brings is exhortation, and it calls us up. It reminds us of who we actually are. And we need to be people that are speaking to ourselves, first of all, because that's where we're at. We'll get on to one another. But when we hear ourselves thinking or saying something that contradicts what we know, what God has said about us and what is true, we need to be really quick to call that and to come back to a place where we say, "Uh -uh, that's not who I am. I'm much better than that. So what you're actually saying is you're way too good to be saying that you can't do that because that's not who God said you are. And that begins in our minds. How many times are we doing something and we suddenly think, oh, I don't think I can do that. Like, it's just like, I I think in my life, there are so many things that I'm the one that cuts myself down. I don't need any devil or anyone else. I'm perfect at it all by myself, you know. (laughs) I I can not get out my front door just by standing and telling myself everything that's not going to work. But we can become people who change that. And I picked this, this verse of scripture out from First Samuel because when we think about the story of David and Goliath, we think about the victory and the other end. We think about David as king, but we forget who David actually was in the story. So David is a young man who has absolutely no significance, impact, place in society, other than to bring lunch to his brothers who happen to be fighting in the army. That's how insignificant he is at the beginning of this story. But when he comes and he hears Goliath, what is Goliath saying to the people? He's saying, your God is no good, you're no good, you can't do this. And that word is powerful. Okay, blessing is powerful, but so is a curse. And so the Israelites are hearing this and they're getting discouraged. What does David do? David comes in and he chooses not to listen to Goliath, but he chooses to say, no, that's not who my God is and that's not who he said I am. How many of us will have the courage to do that when we're faced with Goliath taunting us and to remind us of what that is? And David, I love this, David has left Saul's armor in the palace and is headed down onto the battlefield with his little sling and a few stones. And this is the declaration he makes as he's standing with this huge Goliath in front of him. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. 
for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you, give all of you into our hands. That's the kind of declaration we need to be making on a Sunday morning. And David didn't even have a sword in his hands. Hello? Goliath has the sword in his hand, but David is declaring that he's going to cut his head off. That is faith. And it's courage. And that's what we need to be speaking into our lives each day. We're going to go to the next slide. Okay. It is important for us to have our own journey of learning how to declare over our lives. And it needs to become part of our everyday experience of our relationship with God. And so I just wanted to share a little bit of what does that actually look like? The great idea, Aline, but what does it look like? And so this is actually a painting I painted it about eight years ago, nine years ago now. And it was, it was the first painting, this is going to scare some of you, it was the first painting I painted with acrylic paint. And, um, and it was literally after someone had prayed for me. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I, I can tell you the whole story at some point. But I looked at it and I was like, I actually love this. And I actually painted with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And I'd chosen to paint a prophetic word that God had given me about my life. And what God had said through somebody else was, I'm drawing you back not to let you go, but to build you up into a bigger wave. Why was I painting it? Because I knew what the drawing back looked like. More than you want to know. Like, I felt that. And I didn't have courage to believe ever that God would build me up, that I would ever have any opportunity again. That You know, I, I can tell you so much. But for me, I painted that painting as a word of life into my life that I could look at every day and say, no, Aline, that's who you are. That is what God has said about your life. And at some point in the future, that will happen because that is what God has said. So that was number one. It's, it's learning to make the declaration that you can do that. But out of that, I then had to work on a lot of other things. I went through every prophetic word that God had ever given me through my life. Um, I wrote them all down, and then I picked out of them key words that described who I was. And I just wrote down, I am strong. I am prophetic. I, and I didn't believe I was at the time. So that was a big one for me. I am an artist. Ha ha. Really? You know, like all the way through. And I wrote them all down. And, um, and I started to make myself read it, looking in the mirror every day. <laughs> and I, you know, looking at it and thinking, and I would get to it and I'd be like, I am an artist. And I, I would just be like, immediately in my head, I would think, no, I'm not. You know, or I'd say, I am prophetic. And I was thinking, I'm not a prophet. You know, I know God speaks to me. And I would, this self-talk, because inside all of our heads is this little committee. And it's busy talking away. And our mouth is saying one thing, but the committee is saying something else. And we have to, at some point, make a choice to dismiss the committee. Because the committee is not actually helping us. But we have to keep choosing that, because we're so used to having the committee inside our heads that we've never actually learned to dismiss it. And the committee comes back. You know, they're like, oh, we're here. And you're like, no, 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 you're not, because I said you had to go and you do. So you have to just work at this. And that, that was another way that I kind of worked at doing that. Um, we'll get onto another bit. But they're just a couple of things. Um, learning to speak scripture over ourselves is huge. Because... The Bible is full of things that are absolutely true about what God has already said about who you are. And so beginning with that is really important. And one of the tools that I was given, 
and absolutely love is a book. I don't know how many of you have come across this book. It's a book called Blessing Your Spirit. Okay, I, I have this and I also have it on a Kindle. That tells you how much I value this book. Um, but basically what the authors of this book have done is they have gone through scripture and pulled out of it lots of things that God says about who you are and have written them as prayers that you can pray over yourself daily. And so I have a really strong value for the fact that I don't just teach, but I have you encounter God. So what I want to do right now is just begin with you and I want to bless your spirits. So I'm gonna do it for you this morning, but you can do this for yourself every day. And you can actually just go buy this on Kindle if you want it tomorrow morning. So what I want you to do is just close your eyes and I am just gonna have you come and encounter the Father. We've already been in an amazing time of worship where God, I felt like, just came and stretched out his arms and invited you just to know his presence and his love. And so as you put yourself, just picture yourself right now with Father God and picture him just holding you. Some of you might be walking down a trail Some of you might be sitting in an armchair, but just go to the place where you know that you feel safe with God. And then I want you to just hear what he has to say to you this morning. So I speak to your spirit in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Listen with your spirit to the word of God for you. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I bless you with knowing the joy of the Lord that is your strength. I bless you with knowing joy in his fatherness in profound and life-giving ways. I bless you with remembering times when he showed you his fatherness. I bless you with enlarging your spirit to know profoundly and deeply that your father is pleased with you. I bless you with receiving the truth of your identity, legitimacy, and birthright. I bless you with knowing that you are in your father's eyes and with drinking deeply of the joy that he has in who you are. I bless you with absorbing with your spirit the great detail of God your Father in sending an angel to one young woman to tell her that she had found favor favor with him and would give birth to Jesus the Messiah. Before that moment, she had no idea of her favor in the Father's eyes, how much she enjoyed her and how pleased he was with her. The joy that the Lord had in her gave her strength to walk through the difficult months ahead. I bless you with knowing that kind of joy for any circumstance in your life. I bless you with experiencing the joy that your father has when your spirit rises up and responds to the Holy Spirit. I bless you with knowing the joy that your father has when he sees that today you are different than you were yesterday. I bless you with feeling the joy that your father has as he thinks out the future of all the blessings that he has prepared, the surprises, the divine encounters, the unexpected treasures that he has prepared for you. And I bless you with experiencing the joy of your father in his anticipation over the road you are going to walk. 
I bless you with fulfilling the joy of God who is leading you to do the right things at the right time in the right way with the right people. And I bless you with knowing and being tuned so that, to the spirit of God so that you know intuitively in your spirit that you are in the right place at the right time and that he is with you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Is that good? That's what we need every day of our lives. And we are equipped to do that. But I read that out loud. And sometimes I think we're really good at reading scripture and about thinking about things. But there's something powerful that happens when you speak it out. Because once it is spoken, there is power in your words. And so I really want to encourage you to find somewhere where you're, you can do that and not be embarrassed. And um, the good news is that even if you don't choose to do this, this worship team will make you do it every Sunday. <laughs> you, know, you know when we get to those points in worship and you're like, why are they singing that again and again and again and again? <laughs> do you know why that happens? It's because there are things that God knows that you won't speak out until you're actually singing. And it's almost like he's written things into worship that you need to say again and again and again until you finally get it. It's like the testimony we had this morning about, oh, God really is good. Actually, his will is always good. You know, sometimes we just need to sing in worship, God is good, 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 God is good. And yeah, it sounds like a broken record, but it's the broken record we need to hear. So... Thank you, God, for worship teams and for worship songs that get us to sing things we would never sing, but they do have an impact. I remember growing up singing a song saying, I have a destiny that I know I will fulfill. And, you know, God, I'm asking you for the nations. I had no idea what that would end up with. I'm like, oh, that's what it looks like. Oh, I'm traveling all over the world. Oh, you know, you're like, you look at it and you're like, huh. But when you sing in faith, and I know I did. I was only 12 or 13, but I really meant it. And God really honored it. So worship. Worship over yourself. Get this book. I think it's amazing. It unpacks so much of scripture and tells you who you are. Um, and, and build yourself up. But then, we're going to click on to another slide. Okay, we'll click over that one. I'll tell you about that another day. We've done that. We'll go to the next one. Okay, blessing one another. Everything that we learn about how to bless ourselves, we can then give to others. And before I move on, I, I just want to correct something in our thinking. A lot of us were brought up saying that other people are more important than we are, and we need to put their needs first. Um, but, and that, what that resulted in with me in my own life was that I neglected me and poured myself out for everyone else. But what I had to pour out was diminished because I hadn't taken care of me and God, Jesus says, love one another as you love yourself. So the reason why I've taken so long to talk about loving and blessing you is because if you do it for you, you will know how to do it for other people. And you need to start with you. You need to build a culture in your life where you are protect yourself from discouragement where you protect yourself from what's not true. Because then with one another, you recognize what to correct. You hear someone say, oh, I'm no good at that, or I'm not sure. And then you're immediately like, oh, I don't think like that. That's not who they are. And you know how to tell them what's actually true. But if you've never done it yourself, you have nothing to give. And sometimes we give 
but we don't really know ourselves. And that can be really destructive too. You know, we, we need to be so full of God's love that when we meet somebody in church, on the street, anywhere we are, that our whole, whole focus is them. Because we're so filled up with love that actually we can fully focus on them. So it is important to take care of you. That's all you do for the next six months, great. Because I know the fruit that will come after that six months. So build blessing one another. Um, let us hold unswerving to the hope we profess for he who promised us faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Another scripture we could do a whole Sunday on. But what I want you to pull out of this is what I've been saying again and again. When we come together, we're here to encourage one another. We're here to build one another up. And interestingly, all the more is you see the day approaching. So actually, it's meant to accelerate. And I think sometimes what we do is we, we pour courage and encouragement into one another. Things begin to move and we get excited, but then we like take off and we forget that actually we've got to keep doing this and actually more so and I think you know I know I've made the mistake of thinking you know as a teacher you get someone going on something and they seem to have got it and then you move on to someone else but actually I think people need more encouragement at the point they're taking off than at the point of thinking about it because there are greater things to press through um, and I know I know for me in my life right now I've just had a year of knowing who I am, knowing what I can do, knowing all the possibilities in front of me, but having to live as though everything was already happening when it's not. Try writing a website for yourself before you're actually doing anything you're telling the people on the website you're doing. <laughs> that takes courage and it takes a, a level of knowing it's what you can do. I mean, talk to, to Cassie and Matthew, putting together a website for their business and, you know, saying, yeah, we do workshops, we do this, we can sell you sewing machines. You have to do it before you're doing it or you'll never do it. And that takes courage. And you actually need more encouragement when it's beginning to happen than before it did. Because all of a sudden, there's all this stuff flying at you. And you're like, oh, is this really, like, is this actually fun? Do I actually enjoy this? Do I want to do this? Was this a good idea? Did God actually say this? You need people around you. Andy and Teresa need people around them saying, yes, a month off is exactly what you need. It's a great idea. And they need encouragement the whole way through. You know, there's lots of stuff I could kind of tell you about. So encourage one another. I like to throw in pictures. This is a, a picture I did for a couple. Um, it was a painting of their back garden, actually. They have a vineyard. How lovely. But um, I, I was just doing what I do, painting a picture and speaking into their lives. And I listened to this, this couple. They're, they're both pastors bawling their eyes out as they looked at this picture. And because I put gold on it, which is just kind of funny, I almost didn't. I just put gold around the grapes at the end. But they just talked about how God had been saying to them that the glory of God isn't everything, even the small things, the little things, the big things, the tiny things, and that that had been their focus for that year for their church. And so when I took their back garden, the grapes that they were picking, and said, God loves the fruit of your land. He loves what you have been stewarding, and his presence is here it sounded really simple to me, 
But they're like, like out of a whole weekend's ministry, they're just bawling because look at this picture. And I got an email this week from them saying, we're trying to take photographs of it. We want to put it on our wine label for this, that, and the next thing. And it was just, it was easy for me, but the impact was huge. And sometimes it's the simplest things and the easiest things that have the biggest impact. So think about how you could encourage someone this week in this church family. Think about someone you know is, and I'm actually going to encourage you, think about someone you know is pursuing the call of God on their life. It's easy for us to think of the people who are in a difficult situation, but why not also think about the people who are doing great, who you can spur on to greater things. Ask God what's going on in their lives and encourage them. And if we all do it, everyone should be encouraged. And I don't need to set up a secret angels game. You can do it. Okay, blessing our city. That picture is wrong, sorry. There's a bit of the picture missing, but it's still a good picture. Um, We can bless our city and make a difference. And I'll be really honest, when I first went to Reading as part of the school there, I did a lot of things because you had to and because I knew they were probably a good thing to do, but I didn't really understand why. So there were some really silly things that to me, it was like, so we're just running around the city handing out little pictures on bits of paper and telling people that they're smiling and happy or we're going to paint a mural on a wall well, that'll look pretty, you know, but I was kind of like, how is that actually going to transform the city? How is it going to change people's lives? How is, I mean, there's some other crazy things like, how is taking a pebble and writing down what God wants to do in the land and leaving it on the land, how does that do anything? Like, am I really practical? Like, okay, we're going to run this soup kitchen or we're going to, like, that That makes sense to me. But some of the more spiritual stuff, I was like, uh, not sure I'm quite getting this. And as God began to unpack some of this that I'd begun to open this morning, like the power of just a spoken word, it then began to translate into multitudes of things. Oh, you mean singing a song just quietly to yourself in the middle of the street can change an atmosphere, and it can. You can have an argument happening down the street between two people, and you can sing a song about peace, and all of a sudden that argument happens. You didn't even talk to the people but something happened spiritually because you declared something different. Or there's actually a group this year in Reading who have been changing the road sign. And most of the signs in, in Reading say city limits and the population. And so they were thinking about, well, how can we use art to transform the city? And they came up with this incredible idea. They came up with a road sign that says Reading city with no limits instead of city limits. And, you know, the, actually the, the city council was like, great, we love that. And it would not surprise me if that ends up as the road sign as you drive into Reading. It's a bumper sticker, but I reckon it will become the sign on the road. And when you start to think like that, there are multitudes of things that you can do creatively in every area of life. But then there's a really simple end. So, you know, I I was part of a group that just went round the fire department or went to the police station or went to... Social Security Office or the Job Centre and instead of going to get something took flowers or took a card and said to the people, thank you. Thank you for loving people. Thank you for taking care of our city. And people were like, 
And the best story is a friend of mine, Christina, <laughs> she went to their like traffic. Dan, you know, when Danny was talking about the DVLA, and we we're all like, oh, we just send a letter, we never see those people. Anyway, the Social Security Office is probably the most similar, or the job center. She was in chatting to them, they're like, well, what do you do for a job? And she's like, well, I'm a pastor, and I'm a healer, and I pray for healing for people. And this woman said, oh, could you go to the hospital because my nephew's there? And you know, he'd been on drugs, had been in an accident, basically was in ICU, and it was not looking good. Like, and she walked into the room, and she said all she could feel was death. Like, there was just such a strong sense of, this guy's going to die. Like, that, that, everything was set up in that direction. She was like, well, what can I do? And so she just began to sing, and she just sang, God is so good. God is so good. And she just started singing these songs about the goodness of God. And um, he started to sing. (laughs) This guy's in a coma. He can't speak. But he starts to sing with her. And as as he's kind of singing, (laughs) his body starts to change. And within, the swelling goes right down his legs. And within three or four days, he's out of the hospital. And he's, it's incredible. But it takes us being willing to partner with God and believe that just blessing is powerful. And so all of us can do that this week. Think about where you work. Think about the people you see. Think about the friends that you meet. And just practice it. Like I guarantee if we spend all week not worrying about how am I going to explain the gospel or even necessarily worrying about have I got a word from God that's going to change this person's direction in life and they're going to know it was from God... Just love them, encourage them, tell them how wonderful they are, tell them what you value about who they are. I was at a hen party last night, and um, the two girls that they're actually my ex pupils, which is hysterical. I'm a bridesmaid for a pupil I used to teach, which is lovely. <laughs> I'm like, don't tell the newspapers. Anyway, but um, it was really lovely. And one of the things we did is they're not prophetic people, but I gave them a book, and it said on the front, Sarah, this is everything we love about you and passed it all the way around to her friends and got them all to put a photograph of a memory they had of her and something they loved about her. And you watched as her, Sarah and her friend Julie, they're both getting married, read through these books. And they're just getting so encouraged. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly what God wants to do. Or I sat down at the table and I have my paintings on business cards. And I have a few of my ex-pupils, so they know me a little bit. And they're like, so what is it you're doing? I'm like, well, I'm not teaching geography. I'm painting. You're what? So I started showing them my paintings. I was just like, well, which one do you like? Why do you like it? And then I told them the story behind the painting. And their jaws are beginning to drop. They got healed. They what? And then I got to tell them, well, I think you like that painting because you're like this. And you love that. And these girls, you could just see their confidence growing. You could see how encouraged they were. So it was really, really easy. This is not difficult. Um... I thought I wanted to bring a bit of Glasgow in. Do, who remembers this? Okay, how did that change us as people? Glasgow smiles better. We remember the image. Okay, we probably don't remember the political campaign. A few of us might remember the regeneration projects, especially if we taught them to people in schools. So I, I can tell you about the transformation of Glasgow's urban areas. You can come on a little trip with me someday. But most of us remember this picture because this picture was a powerful declaration and our city changed. Our city really changed. Go down to the Clyde Riverside. 
It's completely transformed. And that was because some people had a bit of courage to say, Glasgow smiles better. There's another one. Glasgow, the friendly city. Our city wants to be the friendly city. So hello, Hope Church. You can be the friendly city. You can be the people that anyone coming into our city gets to discover hope and life and friendly people because this is who our city says we are. God is doing this whether we choose to do it or not. But wouldn't it be fun if we were the people leading it? If we were the people saying to the city, hey, let's inspire a generation to hope. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to start by encouraging them. There's going to be loads of other things we have to do too. But let's just get this one little thing today. Let's start by encouraging ourselves because we're never going to do it unless we're encouraged. So we have work to do. Build up muscle in you to keep hope alive. That's number one. Number two, we have to encourage one another. So when we come in here, however we are feeling, I challenge you, find someone and encourage them and you'll get encouraged. And make that what you're going to do every week. And no one should walk in this store who's never been here before and not get encouraged. And someone should speak to them and encourage them. And yeah, God will give you other words for you and have them pray for healing and a whole bundle of other things. But let's start with that. And then let's bless our city. So this week, bless your workplace, bless your family, bless your school, bless the people in the offices, the shops, the news agents. You know, I have so many things I could tell you. But let's, let's just start and let's begin to do it. And um, this is a, a little plug, but there you go. Come to the school in the summer because this is what we're going to teach people to do. We're going to start off by saying, this is what heaven looks like. Let's live there. And then we're going to move on and say, this is who you are. Let's get encouraged. We're then going to say, hey, let's give you some tools and equipment. And then let's go love the city. And we're just going to do that every day, again and again and again. And then by the end of the week, we're going to have a whole bundle of people encouraged and excited about loving and touching and changing the world around us. And they're going to know they can do it. And they're going to have friends to do it with. So um, let me pray for you. Hmm. Papa God, I thank you that you are first and foremost our number one encourager. That every single day of our lives, you are just waiting and hoping for us to pause long enough to hear you speak. And I declare over every single person in this room and every single member of this church, not here, but who is a part of us, that our lives will be filled with encouragement, that our lives will be filled with a perspective of heaven and a perspective that says God is good because we hear him telling us his goodness every single day. And I just speak now over every single person, um, well, and I just break off any discouragement or disappointment that has stood in the way of us being able to believe and walk in the truth and the life and the hope that is there for us. And this morning, we choose to dismiss the committee in our heads. We tell you that you need to leave. And we choose to partner with your voice, Father God. And we choose to partner with the truth that you speak into our lives and our hearts every day. And we choose to be a people who will speak life and hope and encouragement into each person that we meet.
that our families will be different because people walk in and they hear hope. They hear us encouraging one another, that our children will grow up knowing who they are and having courage to go after the impossible. And I thank you for every single person that we will meet this week who will meet you because they get encouraged by us. And I just release grace. Grace to walk in that. I declare that it is easy, that it is possible, that it is fun. And I celebrate every single story that every single person is going to have of how they enjoyed giving hope to another person. And I just bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. I'm not going to get the ministry team up here right now because your first job, I've spent all morning encouraging you. So you have plenty of courage in you to give to the person next to you. So you told them something encouraging at the beginning. But I just want you to give them, and I'm going to call it a prophetic word because it is. So each of you has a word for the person sitting around you or near you. So find someone and give them an encouraging word before you leave. Is that good? Can you do it? If you're not sure how to do it, just grab someone who looks like they do and they'll help you. Okay, bless you guys.